Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 19-26, called For Me to Live as Christ. When Paul talks about, I know this is going to turn out for my soterion, my ultimate salvation, he's musing on the book of Job. In other words, what informs Paul's point of view is precedent from the Bible. And that is a beautiful thing. And that's often what God will do. We'll be going through something personally and a passage will come to mind or we'll be in a Bible study or maybe you'll be doing some devotional reading and all of a sudden something will leap off the page and God will basically say to you, now that is something I want you to apply to your situation. I want you to stand upon that promise. I want you to understand that I am going to give you ultimate vindication and even though you don't get it right now, I am your God And I will bring you safely home into my heavenly kingdom. You know, we think about the people of Ukraine right now, right? It's on everybody's mind. And we come to find out that the church has been very strong in that area. And there's many believers on the ground there. And, and, you know, uh, I was watching uh, the news the other night and a couple of the Fox News people were killed. I don't know if you guys heard this. Uh, Some of those on the, the ground reporters that are constantly making those reports and you wonder, man, they're in harm's way, right? And some of those cities that are being targeted, well, two of them were killed and another one was injured from Fox News. And, and you're like, you know, this is real life. And, and these things are, are not always easy to understand. Paul being in prison is not an easy thing to understand. Even though Paul says the gospel is getting out to the guards and permeating into Caesar's household and other Christians are becoming more bold to share their faith. yeah. But you're still rattling chains. You still have to say to the guard, I need to go to the bathroom. I mean, it's not convenient stuff. But here's what's going on. And Paul says, essentially, I know I'm going to be vindicated, whether by life or by death. And so this is the idea. The idea of their prayers and supply is interesting because the English word, The word for supply in Greek gives us the English word chorus, like it is in a musical chorus. So Paul believed that God would vindicate him through a supply of help through the spirit of Jesus Christ, probably called the spirit of Christ here because Christ sent the spirit and the the spirit came as a result of Christ's work, you could say. So here's the idea. A chorus of help. Here's the actual language now, is going to come from heaven as a result of the intercessory prayers of God's people. Moitier puts it this way, the two thoughts of intercession and supply are bound so closely together by Paul that we could translate the Greek, your prayers and the consequent supply that come from them. As Paul sat in Roman custody, here's another commentator, he was confident that as the Philippians prayed, fresh supplies of the spirit of Jesus Christ would be poured into his heart, empowering him for every trial and securing his ultimate deliverance. The word supply speaks of a sufficient supply. The Lord would hear the prayers of his people and bring provision to Paul through the Holy Spirit, 
Provision literally means to lead a chorus. Whenever a Greek city was going to put on a special festival, somebody had to pay for the singers and dancers. The donation called for had to be a lavish one. And so the word came to mean to provide generously or lavishly. This is from my notes. Sometimes life's chains can cause us to experience a chorus of support that comes from Christ in the midst of our crisis. Amen. Let me, let me kind of put this to the music side of things, since it's a musical word. So when sometimes this is what happens. Songs that you've sang a hundred times, all of a sudden a song goes out and you're going through something. And that song takes on a depth of meaning that you've never known before. Amen? You ever been there before? I mean, I, there's been times when I've been in a, in a church service and I've, I know most of the songs because I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> and I know the old ones and the new ones and the in-betweeners. But there's been times when the Lord's taken a song and almost poured it into my heart in such a way that it ministered to me with such depth and beauty. I, I don't even have words. And there's been times that he's taken a passage that I've studied before and even taught before and poured it into my heart in a new and fresh way because it was what I needed for the moment that I was in. It became a new song in my heart. Amen. You know, David was the sweet psalmist of Israel. And the Lord would give him songs from the Holy Spirit. And, and remember that David's, the deepest songs that we probably have all studied in the Psalter, the 150 Psalms in the songbook, if you will. When did they come in David's most difficult moments? And so this is what Paul is tying together. As you pray, God sends a chorus down into my soul. And this is the way it spiritually works. And I think we can all get the idea. He puts a new song in my heart, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? Well, you look at the book of Acts and there's often times where it says Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, Paul filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that mean? They already had the Spirit. What was going on? A fresh infilling, a fresh outpouring, a fresh supply from heaven. Amen? Be ye kept being filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. This is what we need. We are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. But the cool thing is we can pray for other people's, other people that we love to experience fresh supplies. Would you pray that for me, please? Because I need fresh supplies all the time. And I'll pray that for you. That the Lord would supply us what we need. According, look at verse 20, to my earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame. Now, thank you for praying for me, says Paul. Thank you for the supplies that are coming my way. According to my earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ shall even now, as always, be exalted in my body. What does he say? Whether by life or by death. So as that supply comes down from heaven to me in the power of the Holy Spirit, I have an earnest expectation that I'm not going to be put to shame whether I die 
or I live. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Gentile. Romans 1.16. Paul says, I know I'm not going to be ashamed. I know in whom I have hoped. Right? And I know he's able to complete what he started in me. That's Philippians 1.6. The idea of an earnest expectation is only used one other place. And it's in Romans 8.19. Where it talks about how the creation is longing for the revealing of the sons of God. It has this eager expectation that when the resurrection and rapture occur, that it will be made new. It's a longing. It's an eager expectation. And here, that's what Paul is saying. My earnest expectation is anchored in hope. Biblical hope is not, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Or I hope my team wins the game. Or I hope that those shoes that I were, was looking at are still on sale. <laughs> Whatever it is. It's not a hope so. Biblical hope, and this is the actual definition for the word, elpis is the Greek word, is simply faith looking forward. It's not, biblical hope is not if, biblical hope is simply when. Always remember that. Whenever you see the word hope in the New Testament, it's not, I I just hope this happens. You know, if I can just believe it hard enough. No, 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 no. That's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is not if, it is just a matter of when. And that's what Paul is saying. I have this eager expectation. My head is outstretched. In fact, this word, some believe Paul coined the word. And here is the idea. It's a stretching forth. It's a turning away from anything that could detract you from watching it's an intense gazing on upon something in the distance from you and it's captured in the idea of a runner in a race which Paul will use in Philippians 3 verse uh, I think 14 that's stretching towards the tape to try to lean and win the race and their focus is nowhere else They've turned away from anything else that could distract and they simply have their gaze on the finish line and then they stretch out. That's, that's Paul's earnest expectation. He says, I, I'm just focused on what God's going to do. However, he decides to do it. His focus is on Christ and therefore he knows he will never be ashamed. He says, Look at verse 20 again. It's my earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but with all boldness, Christ shall even now as always be what? Exalted in my body. The the word exalted there is mega luno. It means to declare great that he might increase and I might decrease. One writer puts it this way. The literal translation is more striking, that Christ will be enlarged in my body and shown in all the dimensions of his greatness. May he be enlarged in my life. As John the Baptist put it, may he increase and I decrease. Oh Lord, you might pray, be enlarged in my life. Let people see Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. In the distance from you, and it's captured in the idea of a runner in a race, which Paul will use in Philippians 3, verse, uh, I think, 14, that's stretching towards the tape to try to lean and win the race, and their focus is nowhere else. They've turned away from anything else that could distract and they simply have their gaze on the finish line and then they stretch out. That's, that's Paul's earnest expectation. He says, I, I'm just focused on what God's going to do. However, he decides to do it. His focus is on Christ and therefore he knows he will never be ashamed. He says, Look at verse 20 again. It's my earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but with all boldness, Christ shall even now as always be what? Exalted in my body. The, the word exalted there is mega luno. It means to declare great that he might increase and I may, might decrease. One writer puts it this way. The little translation is more striking, that Christ will be enlarged in my body and shown in all the dimensions of his greatness. May he be enlarged in my life. As John the Baptist put it, may he increase and I decrease. Oh Lord, you might pray, be enlarged in my life. Let people see Christ in me, the hope, of glory. Amen. That's what Paul is saying. My body, Ellicott, Ellicott put it this way, my body will be the theater in which Christ's glory is displayed. Whew. May my life become a living theater for your glory, O oh Lord. That's Paul in prison. <laughs> Saying, that is my desire. Now, if you can wake up on a Monday morning and say, Oh Lord, let this body, (laughs) I'm going to try to clean it up as best I can, be a theater for your glory. Do you think God's going to answer that prayer? 
Oh, yes, he is. And you're going to get a supply from heaven and you're going to start to overflow. You say, how does Paul say such things? How is this the mindset of an individual like this? I mean, he is a real human being, right? Flesh and blood like us, right? Yes. It's because he had this one singular vision for his life. Here's what it is. It's in verse 21. To me, to live is Christ. Now let's start there. If I were to say to you, fill in the blank. To me, to live is fill it in. What would you say? Well, if you were to go out on the, let's say, say the streets of the Inland Empire and you said, hey, answer this question for you to live is what do you think people would say? Shopping. (laughs) Shop till you drop. (laughs) All right. Someone might say golf. Ooh, I take that one very personally. I don't know. Someone might say baseball. Someone might say, television, I love this one show. And I set my whole week up so I could see this one show. Whoa. To me, to live is, some people would say, oh yeah, silver and gold, baby. Do whatever you can to make the money, the money, the money, the money. Some people might say, power. I just got to get that job. I got to get that office. I got to get that corner office. Some people might say, I just got to get that car. When I get, for me to live is that car. You see them on Sunday morning, don't you? They're (laughs) waxing that car on a Sunday morning. Bowing before their God with a small G. I drove by a few of your houses. I saw you. No, never mind. Just kidding. For me to live is, what if I asked the person that knows you the best to fill that in for you? For him to live is, for her, I'm talking about the people who know you the best, watch you. I'm not talking about a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. See, see, for Paul, to live is Christ. That's why he can say to die is gain. Now, I'm not saying that this is easy stuff. But I'm giving you an insight into what made Paul tick. Now, get this. The thing, if you were to go out into the world and say, Give me words that describe death to you. Here's what you would get back. Terrible, disastrous, horrible. You know, you could could fill in the blank, right? For the world, death is the most horrendous, terrible thing that could ever occur. But for Paul, death is actually a gain in chapter three, he's going to talk about how what he counted as, you know, a gain was a loss. And he's changed the ledger of his life, if you will. And Paul, please don't misunderstand. He has no intentions about exiting early or taking things into his own personal hands. None of that. That's not what this is about. This is not about any kind of suicide talk or any death wish or Uh, putting himself in a situation where he would put himself at risk or test God. None of that is here. 
What Paul is simply saying is that whenever God calls me home, it will be a gain. And if he chooses to leave me here, that will be a gain as well. Amen? That was Paul's mindset. To me, to live is Christ. And that's why Paul can say to die is gain. Barclay says, for living is Christ to me. My whole life is about him. And it didn't used to be, but it was now. No more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. Only gain when that day comes. And Paul was certainly not in comfortable surroundings, but he was trusting the Lord. And Paul has just given given us a great definition of what Christianity is. Christianity, please hear this. It's much more than a creed. It's much more than a building. It's much more than a group of people. It's much more than a set of morals. Christianity is Christ. It is not Christianity in the most I guess you could say the world's definition of religion is not Christianity. Because for the world, religion means a set of rules of do's and don'ts. That may be part of what we believe, but that's not the core of what we believe. Christianity is to know Christ. Amen? Amen. It is to have a relationship with the living Son of God. It is to know Him and the power of his resurrection, and even the fellowship of his sufferings, which will be in the very, or in chapter 3. Amen? It's, this is why we say it's relational. Paul says, no, for me to live is to know him. He is my life. Since Christ himself is Paul's life, his death would certainly be a gain. For that time, he would be with Christ in, full, in a full and complete sense. Jesus said, I'm going away. They said, where are, you go- where are you going, Lord? How can we know the way? The, the disciples were broken and hurt by the Lord's departure. Where are you going? We, we want to be with you. We'll follow you wherever you go. What do you mean you're going away? And for any believer at any time, after the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, we, we love him, but we haven't seen him. Amen. We're still apt to be uh, absent from the body is to be what? At home with the Lord. So while we're in the body, we're not with the Lord. We're not. That's why Paul is saying it's a game. He's saying, because then I will be with him. Then I will see him face to face. You've been listening to For Me to Live as Christ, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 19 through 26. And if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with our listeners. That means you. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the team here a letter. We love mail. You can get all the contact information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. 
That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, sometimes when we hear about the Apostle Paul and his great attitude in Roman imprisonment, we're like, man, I can never live up to that. You know, I stub my toe and I complain more than Paul does from prison. I get it. (laughs) And you know, this book, you need to keep listening and walking through it because this book is going to challenge all of our attitudes. It's going to challenge us about our joy. It's going to challenge us about our anxiety. It's going to challenge us about being content. Uh, We're going to learn how to put others before ourselves. And that's why we need the Bible. The Bible does its work in us. So maybe you would say, I don't know if I could ever get there. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's Philippians 4.13. We're going to get there at the end of the book. So hold on because the Lord's word will do its work in you. And you may be surprised at what it does once you're through this study or once you just continue to walk through the Bible and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Uh, I'm inadequate. Make me more than a conqueror. He'll do just that. He's done it in my life, and he can do it for you. God bless. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events, too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Philippians 1, 19 through 26, called For Me to Live as Christ. Hey, I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.